0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth. Here we go again. Do
2: it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation, unite. This would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh?
0: GT the Brick.
2: I'm done with. We got to clean it up done clean it up is over it's put up or shut up week there are no rules here bobby insists no rules that's kind of a hostile work environment for me is it too soft i'm salty i'm pissed off but i want to see some violence the wolves are at the door this is it you got me this is it let's stop this let's get to work and do your job and now let's go here's jt the brick jt so here we go here on the flagship of the silver and black raider nation radio nine twenty a m and on that Raiders mobile app, I want to thank everybody at Lotus Broadcasting and the Raiders to get the opportunity to travel with the team getting on the flight here in a short period of time and travel to Chicago and go watch the team play. I used to do this all the time back in the day year twenty five now I get to go on a few games a year, and this is one I circled when the schedule came out. Always loved Chicago. I love this game. I love going to the Midwest my wife 's from that region of the country. And she gets a chance to see some of her friends. I get a chance to see some of mine and get on the road. And it's not freezing cold. The weather should be nice. And the Golden Knights on Saturday night. And the double dip into the Raiders on Sunday. So let's get a win. A lot going on here. And I'm excited because the Raiders have an opportunity to go to 4-3. and three To be a game over five hundred. Last night, I don't know if you got a chance to see Derek Carr and the Saints. They ended up losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. In a game that was pretty entertaining down the stretch. That game was entertaining in the fourth quarter, and Derek played well in the fourth quarter, but the Saints are getting hammered. They are a three and four team now. Raider fans, three and three here today. Not three and four. Let's get to four and three. Jaguars. Best start in sixteen years. They win that game thirty-one to twenty four. And that was fun. If you saw it on Amazon Prime last night, Trevor Lawrence only threw for two hundred and four yards. 20 at 29. Derek threw it 55 times for 301, but he only had a touchdown with one interception there. It was a pretty sloppy game, but the Jaguars win. Raiders lost to the Jaguars last year after having a big lead early on. Jaguars are good. Picked them to win that division easily. I also picked in the NFC South for the Saints to win that division easily. And it's not looking that way. So a couple of things. Last night uh, we're brought to you by PTs, as you always know. They're my lead partner, been with me the longest. They fuel the monologue. Want to give a shout out to my buddy Ross Godovan, who's a part of our deal with PTs. Great friend of mine. Went and watched his son and the Coronado JV football team play at Bishop Gorman last night, which. I tell you, we need to do more of that in our life. My kids are out, and one's in college, one graduated, but to go back in time and to sit out on a beautiful night and watch JV football or varsity football tonight or the Rebels on Saturday, it's just great, and we get an opportunity to watch the Raiders at home on Sunday. After these two road trips, Raiders at the Bears, then Monday Night Football at Detroit, back-to-back against the Giants and the Jets, so not until November 5th. Will the Raiders be back home at Allegiant Stadium? I also got an opportunity last night when I got home to watch the Golden Knights and what the Golden Knights are doing. Oh, my God. Right out of the gate. VGK. They are sending a message to everyone around the league. Golden Knights win that game 5-3 at Winnipeg to start off 5-0 and doing an unbelievable job. Marciso with a goal here. Alec Martinez, one of my favorites. Jack Eichel's third. And Nicholas Waugh, so 5-3. And again, I'm planning on seeing them Saturday night at the United Center. It'll be the home opener for the Chicago Blackhawks. So a lot of hockey into football. Excited about that. So quickly, before we hear the conversation, I had the head coach yesterday. I always play it Friday right here in this slot. We'll do it again. But yesterday, I wanted to get it out first because he answered the questions about Devontae. And getting up this morning, it was the same thing. There is now a feeding frenzy like throwing fish food into a bowl and watching all go to the top, is that people around the country are talking about the Raiders and Devontae Adams. Literally, 95% of them have no idea what they're talking about. Ian Rappaport does. Adam Schefter does. But the morning debate shows don't know Devontae well. They don't know what's happening inside the Raider building. They don't know what's going on, but they need to fill a segment because LeBron hasn't started yet. And the king of fill-in segments, Aaron Rodgers, is pretty much irrelevant now because he's injured. So what are they doing? They're talking about the Dallas Cowboys at nauseum because they won that game against the Chargers, and now they're looking for other topics. And the topic with low-hanging fruit is Devonte. So you'll hear the coach again and what he told me yesterday when I was in the building. And it's important that he gets some targets here. So we know Jimmy G is not going to play in this game from all the reports that are out there. And we're going up against a player... In Bajent Tyson Baygent, who's from Division Two, and has a good athletic long body, and he's going to throw the ball deep to DJ Moore. So I wanted to throw this out before I jump on the plane and get out of here. Here's what I think the key to this game is. Chicago has nothing to play for. They're 1-5. As we heard from yesterday, Bill Zimmerman, a Bears insider, told us if the draft was today, the Bears would have the 1-2 pick which would guarantee them Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. What a bad game at Notre Dame, but he's a lock. He's a rock star, and he's going to go number one. So Justin Fields is gone. The Bears fans don't want them to win. I'm dead serious. I want the Raiders to win every game. I'm not like some people, you know, if we get a good draft pick, who knows who you're going to get in the draft pick. Tyree Wilson, Henry Ruggs, you can go down the list of anybody. You don't know, and there's no guarantee That pick in the first round, if it's not the first pick or the second pick, is going to be anybody who's going to be in the league long term, let alone be great, except Caleb Williams. So I'm flying to a city where it's a really big sports town. It's a diehard sports town, and they want to lose every game. 90% of the fans there, if they show up and don't sell their tickets, know that they have the first and second pick in the draft. They get it. They want Caleb Williams. They can get out of Justin Fields a lot easier than getting out of Russell Wilson's contract. The dead money hit on the Russell Wilson contract is an albatross. Not the case with Justin Fields. As a matter of fact, I think a team's going to do well with Justin Fields. He's super young. He's so athletic. He's good outside the pocket. He played at Ohio State. I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a bust, but you got to get rid of him for Caleb Williams. So that being said, Iba Fusta head coach is playing for his job, so he's going to motivate his players. The coaches are all coaching for their jobs at one and five. The fans don't care about the game. There's going to be good Raider fan presence there. So you got to take the crowd out of the game. The Raiders got to start fast on that first scripted drive. Remember last week Michael Mayer came out of the box just running people over. Do that with Devontae in this game. Now the problem is, because of all the Devontae chatter, is that everybody knows that Devontae's going to get the ball. So what? Get him the ball. We saw that last night when Derek Carr was trying to get it to Olave. Terevon Lawrence has got several guys to throw the ball to in Jacksonville. But Devontae is the one now who's speaking up a bit, and everybody expects him to get the ball. Give him the ball. Give it to him on first down. Give it to him on first down instead of third down when the whole upper deck knows that Devontae's the number one target. So feed Devontae. And I think it's got to be a big Josh Jacobs game. Josh has got to get going here. We need a 100-yard game. It's on him now. I don't care how he does it. You know, we've been pretty critical of this offensive line. We've been critical of the offensive line. They have to have one of those look-in-the-mirror games with coaches in their faces, and they need to blow up the Bears' defensive front. And I think they'll be able to do that, and Josh will be ready to run. Just don't hand it off into the pile on second and seven. Please don't hand it off into the pile on second and seven just looking for three yards. It puts too much pressure on on the quarterback, Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell, to make a play. Too much. Let's get some first downs on first down. Let's get some first downs on second down. Let's attack. Let's get them off guard and throw the ball and get all these weapons going here because Jimmy G should be back next week for Detroit. So I hope Brian Hoyer does a nice job or Aiden O'Connell again. This is the topic we've been talking about all week. They can't manage the game. they are got to win the game they got to go out and play aggressive, and I think the Raiders will do that. Let's keep the defense playing at a very high level. Max Crosby is in consideration for the Defensive Player of the Year. Trayvon Merrick is having a really nice season. Robert Spillane is playing well. Bilal Nichols is coming off a good game. Will it be Tyree Wilson or Malcolm Koontz off the edge for a big play? Uh, With Nate Hobbs' ankle, and he's been out for a while. How about Marcus Peters? Let's go, Marcus. Marcus Peters, time to wake up. Get going here. Get going with a big, dominant game. Put your hands on someone and tackle someone. He's got to have a big game. So I think the Raiders are in good shape. I was nervous the last couple of weeks, especially with New England, because of Bill Belichick and his game plan. I have more confidence, but you never know what's going to happen. Raiders are only a a two-and-a-half-point favorite for a reason. The bookmakers don't think they're very good, and they don't think they can run away and hide. I'd like to see the Raiders win by double digits. I'll take them winning by a point. If anybody's going to Chicago, hit me up at JTTheBrick on Twitter, on Instagram, JT the Brick hits All of our proud partners that we always thank every week, we continue to thank them, the DeCastavirti Law Group. Tommy White and the 872 Laborers, Doghouse Saloon at Resorts World, Tequila Commissario, Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, M Resort, Spa and Casino, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, Modelo, my bucket of Modelo's when I hit the ground in Chicago. It's all going down. Appreciate everybody who supports this show and gives us an opportunity to get rolling here every week. My conversation with the head coach of the Silver and Black, Josh McDaniels. We welcome in head coach Josh McDaniels. Coach, I want to begin with the safety to end the game. I thought that was the signature play of the year. Walk me through it from your perspective.
3: Yeah, you know, every time that they they set somebody to chip or help Max on, on his side of the rush, it's really important for us that we get good push inside. And I thought we had a pick in there, and Bilal ended up right in front of the quarterback, which doesn't allow the quarterback to step forward, you know. And so it was really good. I thought teamwork on the rush to allow Max to take the long route around the tight end, around the tackle, uh, and the quarterback had to have so much depth in the pocket because he couldn't go forward because Bala was right there to meet him also. So I thought they really did a good job, and we talk a lot about execution under pressure in critical moments, and for the pass rush, that's as good as it gets.
2: I thought Jimmy played well before the injury, especially yeah. the touchdown to Jacoby. I thought it was vintage Jimmy, seeing the field, getting the ball out. Take me through that and how he looked. Did you feel like he made progress?
3: Yeah, I do. Um, you know, he was really, you know, he was getting he was getting the ball where it needed to go. You know, they were trying to take some things away from us, uh, found the tight end early in the game multiple times, which, you know, they were a little late on their coverage end of it. And then that coverage, they kind of had missed, they were missing somebody in the middle of the field. And so he saw it right away. He knew the route Jacoby was running I thought uh, Jacob ran a good route, but good ball high in the back of the end zone so nobody can get it but us. Um, but yeah, I do. I think he was making some progress for sure.
2: Let's stay with Michael Mayer. I loved how you got him involved early, but he runs violently when he, he looks to hit someone. Yeah. What's the progress been like with him?
3: Yeah, uh, leaps and bounds. Uh, he's making yeah. big progress. And so. Um, just you know, trying to get those guys more involved every week. Now he's more comfortable. He understands what you know what what's required of him as a pass catcher, as a route runner. Um, and so we're being able to involve him more in third down. You know, converted a few third downs. The tight end position did, and and some things on early downs too. But the more we get him the ball in space, and they have to actually tackle him and get him to the ground. It's difficult for some of these smaller defensive backs to tackle a man like that who runs as tough, physical, and violent as he does.
2: I thought Brian didn't manage to. Game, I thought he won the game. Big throw. It Looked like he came in very comfortable, knowing that he had to put points up yep. because the Patriots were chasing you.
3: Yeah, he, you know, he just executed the offense. Mm-hmm. I thought he, you know, he took the, the big opportunity to tucker down the middle of the field when they doubled Devontae. Um, you know, was generally reading the, the the field the right way. Took care of the football. Uh, gave us an opportunity to, to have a couple scoring drives there. Again, we got to finish better in the red zone. That's a big key for us obviously moving forward, but I thought Brian was ready to go and did his job.
2: One more unit to safety play. I just like where they're lined up, how they're pursuing the ball, keeping everything in front of them, but getting their hands on balls.
3: Yeah, Trayvon keeps, you know, he, uh, I wonder what it's going to look like when he doesn't have a cast <laughs> on one hand, uh, but him and Marcus do a good job of setting the table for our defense. They play basically every snap. Uh, we ask them to do a lot of different things. Uh, the communication has been at a really high level um, and really like what's going on there with our safeties.
2: All right, let's get to Devontae who said his benchmark is to be the greatest and I like that. We all know he's a captain. Yeah. He wants to win. What do you and the coaches along with Devontae have to do to get a more quality targets where he could have more explosive plays? Yeah. It's it's
3: it, it's a it's a combination of factors, but it starts with look this this player is always somebody that we want at the point of attack for us so um you know we're gonna we're gonna continue to do the things that that helped us be successful last year and and to some degree already this year in certain games we just got to commit to to doing that and then. When we have our opportunities. We gotta we gotta make the most of them, you know. And and that might mean making sure we read the coverage out post snap a little bit better, or making a tight throw in a window where maybe yeah. he's the kind of guy that we would take a shot at that uh, throwing the ball to. So uh, there's some there's some little things here and there. But you know, look, I always want the skilled players to want the ball. There's no doubt about that. They all should. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the, playing that position. And and he's certainly well within his right to say that. Yeah,
2: and that's communication. Yeah. You yeah. have that type of communication with him, and that's a good thing that fans want to know that you yeah. see that, and he has the ability to come into your office and your doors open.
3: 100%. um, You know, those are conversations that are honestly, they're not just important, but they're necessary, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's across the, you know, defense, offense, special teams. Players have a a different insight than than coaches do at times, and to be able to hear their input and then act on it and do the things necessary to improve the team, um, that's why it's really critical.
2: So potentially Tyson Bajan, we don't know a lot about him, most touchdowns in the history of college, Division II, small school yeah. But you've scouted a lot of these guys, and you've come from a program in the past where you know all these type of players. Concerns when you see a guy for the first time in a situation if Fields can't go because he's doubtful.
3: Yeah, we've you know, we've watched a lot of tape on him already. He played a bunch in the preseason. He did enough to earn the, yeah. the opportunity to sure. be the backup, which is important. So, um, you know, impressive, uh, athletic, um, got a good arm. Uh, makes plays with his arm and his legs so it's 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 honestly it's it's good that they're kind of almost similar in mm-hmm. terms of their style because if we're getting ready for fields and then there's a radically different approach with the other guy it would almost be kind of two different mentalities but um, we got we to gotta handle his legs as much as we got to yeah. handle his arm too and when he went in the game last week he had poise um, you know he helped them kind of stay in there and had an opportunity to win it at the end.
2: It seems like DJ Moore they're going to throw it to him no matter what the coverage is which is interesting they're going to give yeah. him 50 50, Fifty balls, deep balls. When you look at your corners, safety, press coverage, laying off him. Interesting player to scout.
3: Yeah, and he's tough when he has the ball in yeah. his hands. So you you want to try to you know disrupt that before he gets it because he's a big man running with the ball and he's hard to tackle. So um, you know you got to you got to you know change it up and continue to be be aware. Our communication pre snap of where he's lined up is going to be important because they move him a lot of different mm-hmm. spots. Um, and there's going to be some different people that will have to take care of him. So um, he's definitely the biggest threat in their. Past. Passing game, we got to know where he's at it on every play.
2: So you were committed to the run in the last game, thirty three attempts, not all of them real attempts, twenty five to Josh. Do you feel like the commitment to the running game, what you saw last week, is another step forward?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, the the first thing you got to do is commit to doing it. You know, and a lot of times running the running game, you know, if you three, four, two then it's 12, then it's 18, mm-hmm. and you, and eventually you pop some, right. you know, and you got to be able to stay committed to it. If you do, then the big ones eventually will come.
2: What jumped out at me is your recent press conference, you really paid tribute to their special teams mm-hmm. and what they're able to do and how they can run it back, punt, and kickoff, how dangerous that is. But you got two elite players in Carlson and Cole that help you in that category.
3: Yeah, this is kind of a strength versus strength, yeah. in my opinion. Um, They do a really good job. They're well coached. Um, They were, like I said, they were in the top of the league in basically every kicking category last year. Their kicker's excellent. Their kickoff returner, we looked at the kickoff returner in the draft. We knew he was going to be a good player in that uh, role, and and he is. He's big, he's fast, he's hard to tackle. Um, They do a good job of rushing the field goals. They're the only team that blocked two so far this year. So every play in the kicking game is going to be critical, and every play has a chance to swing field position one way or the other. They're very physical. We pride ourselves on being physical. Our kickers are going to have have a good day, and there's going to be some conditions. It's not Mm -hmm. going to be sleet and snow, but it's outside. There's going to be sun, which has affected some uh, returners' Mm -hmm. ability to catch the ball at that field, uh, and then some wind. So this is going to be a different element.
2: Two of the three Lombardis downstairs from the 80s, but we always think of the 85 Bears. Mm-hmm. So think about that era, because a lot of times the era you were in with all the Super Bowls, you look back at the Raiders in the 70s, the great era of 70s football, but in yep. the 80s, yep. the Raiders on the AFC side and those, those 85 Bears, Bears, what do you remember yeah. from them?
3: Yeah, uh, I remember the defense. Yeah, you know I mean, shit. everybody does, you know, and, and Jim McMahon and Walter Payton and the refrigerator, uh, but that defense, you know, and I've actually got to spend some time with Rob Ryan, who's on our staff, sure. you know, because Buddy was obviously the architect of that defense too, so uh, the 46 defense, the pressure that they applied, uh, their willingness to blitz and, and do things that were back then a little unconventional, you know, to put a lot of pressure on the uh, opposing offense so, um, you know, it, this is this is a different scheme we're playing yeah. uh, but we did educate our guys, we're 8-8 eight and eight lifetime against this team and we would like to, you know, win the rubber match here.
2: Last one, you had two home games, I think this is a great place for Raider Nation, it's a hub kind yeah. of Vegas is a hub for the West yeah. Coast, there are going to be a lot of fans there, and yeah. you haven't coached as head coach there. What are you looking forward to about this trip to Chicago?
3: Yeah, this is going to be exciting. I mean, every time we go on the road, we're greeted with, with Raider Nation, and um, now we're going to the Midwest. Again, we haven't had a lot of games there, yeah. but um, I'm excited to see the turnout. You know, I, I actually talked to Kevin O'Connell last week from Minnesota, you know, just about what the atmosphere was like. So he said there was some Viking fans there yeah. and all the rest of it, so I'm, I'm eager to see our, our turnout. I know they're going to be there. Good luck, Coach. Thank you very much.
2: in the great Lincoln Kennedy. So Lincoln, let's start with you as we always do. Big picture on the win. People say it was, you know, an, a grinded out win. You called the game. What do you think of the game overall? Look, first
4: of all, guys, a win is a win. I don't mm-hmm. care if you win by 1 or 31. It's a win. So you take it as it comes. And and of course with the Raiders, it's been far and few between, but now they're on a little bit of a streak. We'll see if they can keep it going and a part of their schedule where they should contain. Now, as far as what I've seen from the from the game, it's what I've been saying all along. Sometimes the offensive line has been a liability, and in this case, we don't know the future of Jimmy Garoppolo or how his health is going to be. You, he's taken far too many hits, so that's got to be an emphasis and a precedent. More importantly, when you have all these interchangeable parts that the offensive line is trying to do and trying to establish a run game, had a little bit more success against the Patriots, but now this is this is a formula that most teams have taken against the Raiders, and it's probably going to continue all year. I talked to a number of defensive coordinators around the league, and they said, in their opinion, there's no threat of the deep ball. They don't mm-hmm. worry about the deep ball with the team because, yes, you've got some qualified guys to do it, but you might not have a quarterback who can connect with it. Now, we did see you know, uh, Hoyer do a good job with the deep ball uh, in, a, in a nice pass, but that was because the defense was overly aggressive. The Patriots' defense was overly aggressive with the other receivers. There was no deep safety. There are going to be opportunities. There have been opportunities like that the entire season. It's just Raiders haven't been able to take advantage of it.
1: Well, Lincoln, let's go back to the guy that we heard coming in, and that's uh, Michael Mayer, the rookie tight end. And I said that he doesn't sound like a guy that's only been in the league for six games. How have you seen him mature so far in the young season?
4: Well, it's coming. It's still got a little bit of development to go, Q, but he's coming the right way. And look, with this offense, the style of offense they're trying to play, the slot receiver and the tight end are two critical parts of it. Now, you've got other dynamic receivers outside, obviously, with Adams and Myers, but you need to utilize the tight end. In this past game, they did, and they've shown signs of it throughout the season, Q and JT. We just need to keep it going. Other guys are going to have to stand up. You can't continue to use, you know, guys as a distraction or just running dummy routes. You have to find a way to get them the football. And if specifically, if you have to call a play in the huddle, that is, you know, purpose on purpose for mayor, They do it for Devontae. I'm sure they do it for Myers and they do it for their other guys you got to make sure that you get all your players involved, just like you do Josh Jacobs when he's trying to run the football.
2: So, Lincoln, the big elephant in the room is if you leave him in to block, he's not running a route. So what do you do here? Because I know there's times where they leave a tight end to block or here he chipped a few times and Mm -hmm. still went out on a route. If you leave in a fullback, there's one less player to run a route, one less weapon. Do you think they'll evolve now where Mayer is lining up, as James Jones said, out wide in the slot there? So he's running routes and he's not staying in to block. Well, first of all, protection is first is primo.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the, the emphasis. You got to protect first. What I would suggest for the tight ends and the, and the backs, and you've seen it around the league, a nice solid chip. Mm-hmm. The reason is, is that the t- typically guys, I think it's like four Mississippi is my internal clock in my head. If I don't have the ball out of my hand after four Mississippi, probably going to get sacked or I need to figure out what, what, where I'm going to go run the football. But if those guys stay in the chip. And they sneak out to the flat. A lot of times these defenses are pushing back. There's a cushion. You get the ball out quickly. You can uh you can probably get some guards that way. And we've also seen sort of the evolution where I've seen chippers and backs kind of sneak out the same way in in the same area where that chipper ends up becoming a blocker down the field like a screen. Right. And 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 it's worth. So you've got options. You just need to explore it and be more creative when you're thinking about it.
1: Lincoln, what did you see in the run game? Josh Jacobs went for about seventy-seven yards. It's only about three yards of carry. I don't think it was, you know, the game that he was looking for, but it seems like it's starting to evolve and come together. What have you been seeing from a bird's eye view from the run game?
4: Well, one thing I did see this past week, Hugh, is the fact that the receivers that are in charge of blocking that safety or digging out that safety in the box, more of a sight adjustment garoppolo the quarterbacks didn't have to bring them over or bring them in with motion it was a side adjustment and as long as the, there's no one else moving that's you know you're as a fr- receiver you have the freedom to do that but it's important to understand how people are going to cheat treat the possibility of josh jacobs running they know the tendencies the raiders have and they wanted to take it away so on first down and 10 you're going to have that extra guy that eight man in the box sneaking in the raiders did a little bit better job this time digging it out it also brings up the, the the conundrum or the problem, not necessarily a problem, just an issue of talking about who you've got blocking. Look, mm-hmm. the fact is, is that Thayer Munford is a better man blocker than he is a zone blocker. Jermaine Illuminor is a better zone blocker than he is a man mm-hmm. blocker. So you have those interchangeable parts. It's not. I don't think the teams have picked up on it yet, but I will say this. If Thayer Munford comes in at tight end and he's part of that heavy personnel, they're not going to throw him the football Right. Mm-hmm. and nobody's going to cover him. So even if Thayer Munford didn't block anybody, snuck snuck out to the flat, nobody would cover him. He he would probably be wide open. Again, these are things that you have to explore. And the way you keep defenses honest is you exploit – their weaknesses. If you're going to overplay this side, I'm going to throw it to the other side. You got to have that tendency or gotta have that wherewithal in your in your arsenal in
2: order to keep teams on their heels rather than having given them the advantage. Well, guys, through the first six games, the Raiders are struggling running the football. 73.5 yards per game. That's 31st overall. The other one that jumps out at me, which is a problem here, is 3.0 yards per attempt. Hmm. That is last in the NFL, tied with Tampa Bay. And if you look at the six weeks, if this was just Josh, Jacobs' numbers, 61, 69, 76, 96, 84, you'd be okay maybe with it. But, Lincoln, that's the team's combined rushing. So, Zamir White is a non-factor, but I know he can come in and block and give Josh a spell here, but they're not running the ball with authority, which leads me to believe that the offensive line is not as good as they were last year or they're not playing at the level that they should be playing at. Which is it? I think it's –
4: I think it's a little bit of a combination of both. Look, you, you've got some – the thing is, is that when you have the amount of success like the Raiders had running the football last year, guys, there are going to be teams that want to take it out. Because if you want to take away the strength of an opposing offense, that's what you do. And, and I, look, I, I, I refer back to, you know, Derek Henry over the past couple of years when he was, you know, having those Russian titles and had all the success running. Look how time, how many times or how many teams committed to just taking them away. Load the box, you're going to have to pass the ball to beat us. The same thing is happening versus the Raiders. The, they're reloading the box when they think Josh Jacobs is going to get the ball. More importantly, when you show the tendency of bringing in Jacob Johnson or having a heavy personnel, multiple tight end sets, they know that you want to run the ball, push the ball. They're going to load the box. First of all, communication, communication in the line of scrimmage. Who's got whom? Secondly, if there's one block that's, un, if there's a guy that's unmissed, you have to let the running back know through, uh, you know, tutoring of coaching and film study have to learn, let the running back know. This, this guy's probably going to be on the backside. You don't have to run away from him. There's a lot of things that you got to do, but it's just making adjustments. And we haven't seen a lot of that being happening yet.
1: Lincoln, flipping things over to the other side of the ball, the defense, the last two games in a row have closed things out and uh, one with the interception and then Max Crosby and Bilal Nichols meeting at the quarterback for a safety. What have you seen from that defense that to me seems to be the strength of the team right now? Well,
4: one, they're making plays, Q. I mean, mm-hmm. they're making plays when they have to, and they're keeping the team in it. The offense has had its struggles, and and uh, and and for what it's worth, the defense has done, and if you haven't said this a lot in the past couple of years, the defense has done its job the best it can be. Right. You're not going to keep – it's hard to pitch a shutout in the National Football League. Got to keep in mind, those guys on the other side of the field get paid too. So when you have the opportunity to, like in this instance, have a safety, secure the win, it's the first time they get over 20 points this season. We weren't expecting this coming into the season. We were hoping – hoping that the defense would be better, get turnovers and sacks. I think they've done that. They've still got some work to do to be better at it. But more importantly, we thought the offense was going to be the main juggernaut for this team, and it's not so far. It's the defense.
2: Yeah, you nailed that, Lincoln, because what I'm finding interesting here is this a conservative defense that's bending, not breaking, and fortunate to get some turnovers? Can this defense be turned up even to a higher notch with the rotation, the aggressive play, safety blitzes, a corner coming off the edge, or do you like what they're doing now? It's not broke. Don't go out there and fix it. Play this style of defense from what you see in the booth.
4: I think we've seen an aggressive style of defense but what i'm concerned about mostly is the cornerbacks the defensive backs especially bennett you know i think that he's going to get exposed at times against a superior receiver again they want to take advantage on picking on the rookie and more importantly with tyler hall playing and for nate hobbs you've got a you know a younger nickel so a little bit of a difference of difference for, of, of thinking for me jt you can be aggressive depending on who you're playing this week against chicago i think you can be aggressive with the inexperience at the quarterback especially the division two guy I I don't think he likes to run as much. I don't know. But if you can be aggressive and harass him, you can make his day hard if Justin Field doesn't play.
1: I wanted to ask you about Trayvon Merrick, the third year safety. He's come up with a couple interceptions, and he's also just seems like he's around the ball. and looks like he's a lot more comfortable, him and Marcus Epps back there. What are you seeing in particular from Merrick?
4: You know the type of defense that Patrick Graham is trying to coach is he wants to have a two eye safety looking. They want the safeties to be able to cover from hash to sideline, and I think Merrick has gotten better than that. Epps is, is still working on it as well. But they, you know, here's the thing. Because you can be cautious with these two safeties. You don't have to be overly aggressive. You can have them play the deep field. And that's what you need more to protect. Because if you don't have, uh, um, you don't have an equal round of rush. Now, mind you, people are doing their best to take out, um, Max Crosby and t- make sure that he's not an issue, but you're not blitzing. If you're going to play coverage, you make sure you have those two deep, th- two deep safeties. More importantly, you got to be able to stop the run because most offensive coordinators, when they see those two deep safeties, think that they can run the ball because you have a soft box. Yeah. Just- but-
2: Go ahead. Yeah, America's playing better. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Josh McDaniels mentioned in the press conference that Max has played. He was asked. He's played every snap Mm -hmm. for three games in a row. And Chandler Jones obviously isn't here. And Tyree Wilson hasn't popped yet. Lincoln, are you concerned about that? Because he's making a run at Defensive Player of the Year. He does not want to come out of the game. The bye week is until week 13. That's a lot of snaps for Max, who seems to be very comfortable in that role.
4: Well, your your second point was the one that's right on. He doesn't want to come out the football game, yeah. and really, if you're Josh McDaniels, you can't avoid afford to have him, afford to have him come out the football game, because what it comes down to is he is your playmaker, mm-hmm. he is your disruptor. That's the equivalent of taking off of a, a Bosa on one of the other teams, or the equivalent of you know taking out Junior Sale when he was in his prime. You don't want to lose that, and that energy is 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 and it's a type of energy that's contagious. Other guys rise on it and play off of it and feed off of it. More importantly, if the quarterback is always under duress by number 98, he's looking at the rush, not downfield, advantage defense.
1: Lincoln, you uh, mentioned uh, about a couple of weeks ago, I think, you said about the the pressure from the interior, and it really hasn't been there. But in this last game, you know, you saw Butler get home. You saw Bilal Nichols get home with Max Crosby. Uh, you saw Jenkins get home. How encouraging was it that the defensive tackles all of a sudden became part of the party as well?
4: Well, it's about time. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome to the party. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you're going up. You know, that offensive line for the Patriots was extremely beat up. And they, I think they started two rookies, or one second-year guy and one rookie at guard. So you're expected, as a pro, to abuse them or to use them. I wish it would have been more. I wish it would have been more sacks. And one of these days, you know, one of these games, this defense is going to have a breakout session even more than we saw, guys. And we're going to have this whole team have effect, where the defense is going to feed the energy to the offense and the special teams and vice versa. That perfect triangle. I can't wait to see that.
2: Let's move on to the Bears because Max is having an unbelievable year. If you're looking at these stats on YouTube, total tackles, 35, tied for second. The pressures are off the charts. And now with Justin Fields with the dislocated thumb – The situation becomes really unique. We don't know if the Bears are going to get super conservative. You would think they'd want to run the ball, shorten the game. And for the Raiders, we don't know, Lincoln, what's going to happen at the quarterback position. As we sit here and record this podcast, we hope that Jimmy can play later in the week. But if he's not able to go, I still think the Raiders have an advantage with their backup quarterbacks against the backup for the Chicago Bears. But it's a road game. It's a hostile environment. It's not going to be a weather game where there's snow and it's freezing cold But how do you see this coming in here? Because not a lot of the country is looking at this game yet because of the quarterback scenario.
4: Well, this is a game the Raiders need to have and should have. You know looking at it. and and the way I quantify it as I get into the what breaking down the Bears when I'm when I'm looking at film this week is the Bears are struggling, they're struggling on both sides of the ball, and they have been all year. And then, of course, their quarterback comes out and says, You know, I want to be more, and he's played like crap and thrown interceptions, he's not even in it. So, we'll well, it's yet to see what's going to happen. But I'm like, I'm with you, JT and Q. I think they're going to try to slow down the game and try to take it out of their young quarterback's hands, not force them to have to throw the ball a whole lot of times. Run the football, see if you could pound the Raiders. The Raiders have given given up some runs before we'll see how the Raiders defense run defense is going to be tested this weekend.
1: So would you think that Patrick Graham has a different approach or does he continue to do what he does? I think you continue
4: to do what you do because it's worked. Right. But you're not, you, this is an opportunity. And I think in this game, especially with the, the, the injuries they have on offense at quarterback, I think that you can experiment a few more, throw a few things out there, give offenses enough to under something else to, to work on, you know, maybe have, have your linebackers walk to the outside of the line and have a, you know, a dog, a linebacker dog or crash like that. I mean, there are things that you can get or do to experiment-wise to see it might be something you might want to try out later, but also you give offenses to prepare for, as long as you're taking care of business. Winning on first down, getting off the field, not giving up long stretches of drives, because it can be a very long day for the defense if they're not careful.
2: If it is Tyson Bajan, undrafted rookie from Shepard University, and check this out, the all-time leader in NCAA history in touchdowns. All-time. Wow, 159. I almost fell off the couch right. when I screenshot that on yeah. SportsCenter. Yeah. His father, Travis, is a 28-time world champion arm wrestler. Tough kid there. But, yeah. again, there's no tape on him, Lincoln. He, uh, Justin Fields came to Allegiant Stadium and beat the Raiders because he ran. He was mobile. Yes. And yes. even more so, this is my opinion, than Jalen Hurts because the Raiders beat Jalen Hurts. They lost to Justin right. Fields. If you don't get Justin Fields down in the first 5, 10 yards, he's going 30. He will mm-hmm. run over safeties. Yeah. I don't know enough about Tyson Bajan yet, how he is running the ball if you don't get him down early. But do the Raiders want to force him into a passing game? Just hope that he wants to take shots because I agree with you. I think they want to shorten the game and run the football. That means the Raiders are going to load the box, try to kind of take the running game away, and maybe this kid could be dangerous outside the pocket.
4: Look, I don't know the young man, but I know this. Whenever you have a new quarterback who's come in and you don't have a whole lot of film on him, Mm -hmm. whether even if you go back to preseason, you want to harass him. You want to make it difficult. You You want to get after him and antagonize him so much to where he's nervous, he's rattled, or he makes some bad decisions. That's how you get turnovers. That's how you get miscues, and that's how you win on defense. I would do it with any young quarterback. I would do it with a rookie quarterback. I don't care where they were drafted. I'm going to harass you until you prove to me that you can show up and that you can handle the pressure because I want to make it hard on you.
1: JT mentioned earlier that Tyree Wilson hasn't popped yet. What have you seen from Tyree? Is this a game that he can maybe take advantage of and, and, and get a little bit closer or maybe even get his first NFL sack?
4: Q, you and I have talked about this. I still believe the guy just needs reps. Yeah, I mean, he made a play in this past game. I think he was an owner oh, of two tackles. I don't have the stats open in front of me. But, you know, he's made a couple plays. He's coming along. It's going to take time. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that Tyree Wilson, until they started flopping Max Crosby back and forth, Tyree was playing of what are considered the best offensive lineman in the league. We're talking about the left tackles. And if the left tackles don't have their stuff to stand up, then they're probably not going to be in the league that long. Right. So understanding that you're going – a rookie going on. Look, if I when I was playing, if I was going up against a rookie, <laughs> I'm slobbering at the mouth. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a lesson that you thought you would never learn. I don't care what level that you played on, you haven't played on this level. So I'm going to do things to you that I never th- – you probably never even heard of and never thought could happen just to try to throw you off your, your, your game and get in your mind. So along with Tyree Wilson, just like Bennett, you're going to have to take your reps. You're going to take your lumps. You're going to get beat up. You're going to get beat. But what do you do? The resiliency, the level, what do you learn? I remember talking with my sons when they were playing balls. I said, there are three rules that you have to stand by. First of all, you never let them see you tired. Two, you never get beat by the same move twice. And three, you always give your best effort because your team is depending on you. That's what is the key to success that more people need to do, more guys need to do, and the team would be better. But right now, with a rookie, and like, like you're talking about with Tyree Wilson, uh, you you got to understand this. He's going to take his lumps. He's going to get handled, and it's, and it's up to him to grow from it as the season progresses.
2: All right, this is called Raiders Roundtable for a reason. I'm going to start with you, Q. If Jimmy can't go, who plays quarterback? Considering you want to see more out of Aiden O'Connell, you got to see what he can do. But Brian Hoyer's coming off a win where he played well.
1: At three and three, I'm going with Brian Hoyer. I really am. I think that he gives them the best opportunity as a veteran and especially going up against a guy that hasn't had any kind of burn in the league. Right. If Justin Fields isn't able to go, I think that Brian Hoyer gives him the best opportunity right now. And the Senate three and three as 13 teams in the league are. It's a good opportunity for the Raiders to go in there and get a victory.
4: Lincoln, I'm the same way. I think Hoyer. Look, Aiden McConnell is going to be good in the future. But what we saw last time, his first start, is that he had a little bit of a slow clock. This offensive line is still a work in progress, in my opinion. The protection issue is still a work in progress, in my opinion. I think the experience of Hoyer, understanding the offense, understanding how to read the defenses, will give you a better advantage to win this football game.
2: I agree with you both. I think it's too important of a game. Yep. you got to stack wins. Got to stack wins. The Giants and the Jets are looming. There's a game with Denver at home. The Chargers yep. just lost. We get the Chargers at home. Yep. Minnesota is 2-4. and four. And there's another one quick one. This trade deadline is real. Yeah. Okay? Let me just tell you something. Younger GMs, Ling, and final opinion on this, younger GMs are not like the guys who helped build the league who never made trades. The Raiders had the greatest trade of all time with Mike Haynes. Right. It led to a Super Bowl. I think that there are players on the Raiders... Who could get traded and the Raiders and Dave Ziegler could go get players that are out there. Kirk Cousins is the biggest name out there. Right. If, he ends, if they're 2-4, and four, if they don't win in the next couple of weeks, the trade deadline is on October 31st. Lincoln, final thoughts on the trade deadline and possibly some players potentially coming here because everyone's talking about who could leave. The Raiders are in a, t- a really good spot to keep winning if they bring in more players.
4: Well, I agree with you, but it's going to be hard. And how much are you willing to give up if you're going to trade? Look, Mm -hmm. for what it's worth, you know, Kirk Cousins has a no trade clause in his contract. He would have to waive that in order for it to happen. And who knows what that's going to hold. You can't necessarily hold your breath when you think about where we are in the month and where the trade deadline's coming up. But I've said it to a number of people. There's not a qualified right tackle that's just sitting out there Mm -hmm. and doesn't have a job or that you, and if you have to give up a a, a ton of draft capital, what are we looking at for next year, guys? We're probably going to have to go out and draft a quarterback. You're going to have to draft a number of playmakers. Don't want to give up too much, too much draft capital if you can avoid it.
2: Absolutely. The great Lincoln Kennedy. Link, we'll see you. I'll see you. I'm going to Chicago. I'll see you out there. It's going to be a good trip. Hopefully another, hopefully another Raider win. There's Lincoln Kennedy. I hope so,
4: too.
0: One of the greatest Raiders
2: of all time Shane Weckler man oh my goodness (laughs)
0: good to have you first time here this is my first time this place is amazing and uh I'll I'll definitely be back
2: you you need to come back a lot everybody loves when you come back you had such an historic career and what does it feel now when you come back you see Vegas you played in Oakland at the highest level it's a different look but this is a palace isn't it
0: no this place is very impressive man it's the I'd have loved to have kicked in here at least one time. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, it's something about Oakland, you know, that was a, that was a, a move that the organization needed to make. It was a hard place to leave, though. I know it kind of uh, built our character playing there. And yeah. uh, But this facility is amazing, and I can't wait to see the rest of it.
2: I, I tell you what,
4: uh, I, I see him as a rookie when I see him. You know, I mean, he was a rookie when I was, you know, in the 10th or 11th year or something like that, man. But just to see you grow. And how the Raider Nation really adopted you, and and uh, man, it just it's great that we can all come back and kind of rekindle all those great relationships. You know, talk to us a little bit about special teams. I mean, we have a great special teams here great punter, great kicker. How
0: does that kind of make you feel? It, it's it's it, you know, it makes you proud because you know there was guys before me and Janikowski came in, and uh, that you know the special teams in Oakland has always been very very. I would say at the very top of the league year Mm -hmm. in and year out, you know, and, uh, you know, you go from, you know, Ray Guy, Jeff Gossett, myself, Marquette King, to the new guys here now. And, I mean, there's just a list, and and it's an impressive list. And, uh, you know, it's something that I think Al always kind of built that, and he took a lot of pride in it, of course. It was easy to punt for the guys that Al had on the team because they could all fly, man. (laughs) uh, That was awesome because you could hit a ball down there that's an average ball and they're getting three, four yards of return. That's it. And, you know, I just talked to some of the guys there like Ike Juba and all those guys, Hiram Eugene, and those guys could get it. (laughs) Uh, Shane
2: Leckler is our guest. Give us a Mr. Davis story and that that bond for you and really when your career started to become dominant, you were one of the premier players ever at that position and those conversations with Mr. Davis about your craft.
0: Yeah, you know, it it was great because I thought Al and I had a a very good uh, relationship. You know, he was one of those guys that I, I thought he takes a lot of pride in his players on knowing their full background. I remember when I first got to Napa training camp, you know, he was asking about how my mom was doing and coaching high school basketball. How's mom's basketball team doing? How's dad's football team doing? You're like, God wow. dang. You know, right, oh, what else do you know? <laughs> so, you know, we, he was always like that. And uh, and it seemed like with Janikowski and I's friendship that we had and Al, it was always, you know, a special relationship that we had. And I enjoyed playing for him. People always ask, you know, how was he? And, um, you know, they broke the mold when they made him because there's only yeah. one Al Davis, and right. uh, I was very, very proud to play for him and uh, for him to be the owner of this team.
4: Talk to us about the week of a punter. How does the week go? From say you had a, a great game on Sunday, how do you continue that trend to the next Sunday?
0: Well, you know it. it that kind of that stuff changed throughout my career. You know, playing 18 years. Towards the end of it, it was, it was a lot less work, you know, because you just kind of get trying to get your body ready from Sunday to Sunday. But early in my career, um, you know, number one deal was try to stay healthy for sure. But you know, you could come off of a very good week and you kind of get all the pats on the back on Monday morning meeting, you know, or have a bad one and get you know talked to a little bit different. Um, but then you know you try to forget it, you know, and you had that day off on Tuesday, and it's a, it, that day off on Tuesday if you don't use it as a full reset like flush the last game and start over on that Tuesday when you come in the building on Wednesday morning ready to rock and get ready for the next one. Yeah. And um, I took a lot of pride in trying to be the best in the game every Sunday. And I, um, you know, whether, whether we won the game or not, I wanted to make sure every time my goal was the head coach and others' team wish he had me. <laughs> Shane Leckler joins us, Raider
2: legend. A couple more uh, names, Ray Guy. And when we lost Ray Guy, that was a big, big deal. And your relationship with him, because I believe you're going to get a gold jacket. He has a gold jacket as the first punter. What's it like? Fred Bolitnikov's on the field today. He's talking to Hunter Renfro. A Ray Guy story with you and him when he came back back in the day.
0: Yeah, you know, Ray, Ray and I go way back. Uh, I remember I left a, the high school state championship baseball game. We won in Austin. I left from there to go to Dallas to do one of Ray's camps with Ray when I was back in high school. Wow. So I kicked in the Ray guy kicking camp. I was actually helping instruct it with Ray for three years. And so I went way back to my high school days of knowing Ray and being in his kicking camp and then meeting him and being around him. And then, you know, you get all the way to now drafted by the Raiders. And matter of fact, when I flew to the combine in Indianapolis, Jeff Gossett sat right next to me so i mean jeff was going to the combine i guess to look at guys and uh you know i knew ray from high school i run into jeff when i leave college and then all of a sudden end up a raider (laughs) unbelievable sebastian janikowski how often do you
2: talk to him how often is the text read open late at night early in the morning you guys had a lot of fun together
0: I uh I talked to Seabass probably at a minimum once a week, probably twice a week, and oh, wow. uh he's doing well. He's living down in Jacksonville, he's gonna be pissed off at me that I'm here and I didn't <laughs> tell him I was coming. The because, phone's uh, be blowing up. You know, I haven't I've never been here and neither has he and we we kinda made a pact, like, hey, let's don't go unless we go together and then uh oh <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble on no. this. But yeah, my, my relationship with Seabass was was awesome. I remember after about Seven or eight years in the league, they kind of gave us the option on on the road games to like, yeah, hey, you guys been in seven eight years, you can get your own room on the road. I was like, nah, man, <laughs> <laughs> me and Steve are gonna kick it. Yeah, you know, I was like, first of all, we didn't need our own room because we needed to make sure, right, that we were getting to the meetings on time. Because <laughs> you know, uh, he was a uh, he was a lot of fun. He, he was, was a, lot a lot of fun. Of fun. Uh, one more when they brought you out for the 100th
2: year and you came out there with that jacket on, I, I was blown away. I knew you were going to be there. What was that experience like when they brought back the 100 greatest players of all time? You're there in that coat. Montana, Brady, Manning,
0: Lawrence Taylor. You go down the list. What was that experience like? I mean, when I walked into, like, the green room before we went on the field, you talk about feeling like you're not supposed to be there. Because <laughs> I start looking around at Ray's there, and, uh, you know, Ray and I were the two punters and the in the all-time 100 and but yeah you you know you got you got Manning you got Brady you got Elway you got Montana you you got everyone right yeah and uh, and then see the some of the guys the list of the guys that had passed before you know they weren't there they had passed away it was unbelievable yeah i could tell i mean we were in that room and it's funny because some of the stories that were being said, like that LT was talking about the new quarterbacks and stuff. He, you know, talking like, "Hey man, I just want one chance." At and um, and it's funny because like the old the old school guys were like they they don't like all the you know, there's no unnecessary roughness anymore. They they don't get is, it. like, yeah, what, what, is what is are we playing? And I, I don't know, guys. Don't. I still voluntarily give the ball to the other team. I mean, if you want to talk about my job description here. But that room was amazing. Awesome.
2: Hey, everybody, let's All hear it right. for Shane Leckler, man. We are so happy to have you here. Fantastic. Enjoy the game. Yes, yes sir. Yeah, I, I know you're going to be bouncing come around. Back, man. Come Keep back. coming back, yeah. everyone. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week. Q's got everything covered. We got everything covered in Chicago with the pregame show coming up on Sunday morning. Listen on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio.